0: So if you would please turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we get to the easiest part of the prayer, right? It's, it's funny, easy is probably not the word I should use. <laughs> but you know, it's one verse, it's seven years, seven, years, seven verses long. Seven years I, I thought about that because uh, Donna lied. She said, I preached on the Lord's sermon. I preached, I'm preaching a verse of the Lord's sermon. <laughs> it's going to take me, I think, let's see, I can't, I'm not sure it's five or six weeks, but I'm going to get hung up on that whole forgiveness thing, and that's going to be a couple weeks. So just, just so you know, it's like I actually do have a plan, and uh, the plan is longer than you expect. <laughs> yeah, longer you're a preacher, the longer it takes. Uh, seven words. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Seven words. Should be quick and easy. But when we look at what it's covering, uh, it's the only part of this prayer that actually deals with physical wants. And you go, wait a minute. (laughs) And that's all it says? Because let's be real. Most of our prayers, the bulk of our prayer is reflected in this little passage, the seven verses give us this day our daily bread. Most of our prayers are with daily concerns, or, or physical concerns. Uh, the, the, and we'll look at this more. What gets the bulk of time in our actual prayers gets the least time in this model prayer Jesus gives. And that's enough to get us thinking right there. Uh, and then there's how small a request for bread is. Give me my bread? <laughs> I, I actually am not a bread person, Right? like give us this day our daily meat (laughs) give me my bacon you know now we're talking (laughs) bread how little bread is and then the the limitation of daily Uh, i have a pantry lord would you fill it up i mean that's not too much to ask is it uh interesting what he says here And and now this we start to find we have a lot to think about with this, so today's message is going to look at the limited scope of what is being asked for, at the implication that we can trust God's provision, and at the fact that we are given permission to ask, right? So so there we are, verse eleven, give us this daily bread. I think I've said it three times now. You know, it's it's one of those verses. By the way, if you want to say I memorized a Bible verse today, all you have to do is remember it's found in Matthew six eleven. Because you already can say, give us this day our daily bread. And you can say, I learned a Bible verse today. And you can brag to your friends. Asking for for daily bread. But let's start with this. Is there anyone here who would be comfortable if all you had in your home, in the way of stuff to eat, was bread? Only bread for only one day? (laughs) I mean, if, if that was your situation, would you not be terrified? Right? It's like... What am I going to do? I only have bread for a day. And it's only bread. This is horrible. This is terrible. This is bad. And yet it's what we ask for. Think about your house and how many ways you have in your house to store food. Right? Check off which ones you have. Cupboards, a pantry, a refrigerator, a chest freezer or upright freezer, Okay, a room. Where you stock food, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, that that's five. I I I can check off all five of those, right? And then I have other. Okay, uh, and and so other. I'm not sure what other might be. So I heard someone say garage. It's garage or a second chest freezer or upright freezer, right? Or, or we have we have actually I guess two refrigerators, and it's like it's not like we're the Calvins with nine There's, there's, There's five of us, two refrigerators. I'm going, what is going on here that we need all this? And if we were left to live off just what we already have in our homes, most of us would be okay for a while right? And I'm not saying all of us because I don't know. I don't want to, you know, assume things. But most of us would be okay for a while before we actually ran out of food, Uh, depending, of course, on whether you have teenagers in the house (laughs) or, you know, if we experience a locust plague. So (laughs) a lot of similarity between those two. But, but (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, most of us are really, really I wrote down pretty disconnected, but we're a lot disconnected from a prayer for daily bread. It's like, that is that is not a reality in the world we live in. A request for daily bread, uh, because we are. We are taken care of. We're provided for. And so we say the prayer, and it's kind of, you know, the fun, the, I shouldn't say the fun thing about that skit. There are a lot of fun things about that skit where they're not, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but, but it's like our problem isn't that we have daily bread. Our problem is that we have too much daily bread. And the daily bread we have comes in the form of pastries, right, and, or, or uh, garlic bread, or J- Joan made this uh, baked French bread. That you start with, I mean, bake, bake, bake French toast, you start with French bread, and you do all this stuff, and it's got cream cheese and stuff. I could, dear Lord, give me this day, my daily, fr- uh, whatever that stuff is, you know. <laughs> Man, that's good. And... and uh so what, when we, th- and so this, is, but he's talking about our needs, is he not? So we think of other things and we call them our needs, right? And, and so we make other financial applause. You know, the joke on the back of the bulletin has a kid t- looking at allowance and say, calling it his daily bread. And, and you know, we use, we use the word slang, bread for money, at least we used to. And, and uh, so we think of that. And so we think, what are our needs? You know, once upon a time, the need was for daily bread. And when Jesus went out on the hillside and multiplied loaves and fishes, they wanted to make him king because he could give them bread. It's like, you want to be king around here, buddy, you better provide a whole lot more than bread. Bread is not cutting it, but, but, but we look at other issues. And so we, we, Lord, I need my housing and maintenance costs. Lord, I need my vehicle costs, my maintenance costs. I need this money for my children's education. I need this money for retirement and for my investments for the future. And we always have something to ask for. We always can look and we have more needs that we can ask God to provide, but they're not daily bread right? Because we are beyond that in our personal provision. And so it's not daily bread that we're asking for. So why is it such a limited request? And you could say, well, in their culture and in their day, that was it. And I want to say, one of the things about it is, is it can represent the very minimum of our needs, the very most basic of our needs, because we have the luxury and privilege of needing better things. And, you know, it's, it's a fact of life in our culture. You, you could say, well, you could get by without a car. You don't actually need a car. But, you know, in this culture, especially if you live out here, you really do, right? And to not have one puts you at a great disadvantage, so you need a car. Whereas in other places, in other cultures, and how they live, they may not need the car. Uh, but but if, if you had to give something up to either your money or your life, or your, your car or your life, you give up your car, because you can always get another, that'll be provided for. We have the luxury of needing better things than most people. Uh, the, the money to pay for the better vehicle uh, than we, that, that, that we needed that vehicle and how we need the money to pay for that vehicle. I don't know why that one's fresh in my mind. <laughs> in our world and society, it could be a very legitimate need. You can defend that, and I think God would accept that defense. He understands. But if the disaster rips through and destroys everything else we own, so we're left like Job sitting out on the street with the clothes on our back and everything is gone. What do we need now today? We need daily bread, right? We need bread and water. That's what we need. And we'll gladly take it if somebody comes along offering it to us. We're not worried about our job. We're not worried about our house payments or our car payments or our investment payments or, you know, IRA, or whatever. Lord, give me bread and enough to feed my family. Please, Lord, give me my daily bread. And, and he's, he's, he's in part teaching us the difference between needs and wants and how privileged we are. And, and that's I'm not saying we want to go back. In fact, I'm going to take the other track in a minute. Uh, well, more than a minute. Preacher's minute. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, he's showing the most basic of our physical needs. He's teaching us the difference between needs and wants. And one of the things he's telling us is he will provide our needs, not necessarily our wants. But, but before I move on, I want to tell you, I don't like that word daily either. <laughs> right? That's, it's like, God, could you put me on a, you know, the every other week schedule? <laughs> that would that'd be an awful lot easier in my plan. If I ask God for today's bread, and he provides me with today's bread... Then what about tomorrow? I have to do the whole same thing all over again. Lord, couldn't we put this on a schedule? I've, I've got this chart worked out and it would work really well. You just come around, put Schwans on the side of your truck, right? And, and we'll be good. Why don't, why don't we just ask him for a week's supply? Dear God, please give me my week's bread. Uh, the, uh, and then you say, okay, God, so the garbage comes on Tuesday. Could you come on Wednesday? Because then I can take the wrappers and I have a place to put them. And you know, It would be so much simpler to ask for more than daily bread. But I think Jesus very deliberately used that word daily. Uh, because it helps us to focus on him. It makes it so obvious we're depending on God. And plenty can ruin that. And I'm going to start throwing... I, it, the, I wrote down... I wrote down a lot of Bible verses as I prepared this message. In fact, I had to come back the next day. Normally, I'm finished with my message on Thursday. It's just my technique. I don't want to feel time pressure when I'm preparing a sermon. So I work on it early enough in the week that on Thursday, I'm done. That way, I don't feel like I'm hurrying trying to get it done. And this week, I was done on Thursday, right on schedule, but on Friday, I had to come back (laughs) and work on it some more because this this sermon was working on me. Maybe more than I was working on it. And, and there were a lot of verses coming to mind. And one of them was Proverbs 30, verses uh, 8 and 9, I think it is. And it's a prayer for just enough, but not too much. Right? I'll start at verse 7 just because he gives his request. Two things I have asked of you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. So that's the first. Keep deception and lies far from me. Uh, Number two, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, so that I will not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And that I will not become impoverished and steal and profane the name of my God. Daily bread means we rely on God daily. We always remember He is the one. That provides for us. It means we trust Him daily. We grow closer to Him daily. Whereas when we have our plenty, we, we don't need to ask God every day for our daily bread. I don't need to ask God for my daily bread because I've got my, my cupboards and my pantry and my other room and my refrigerator and my other refrigerator and my freezer. So, God, I've got it covered for a while. I'll call you in a week or two or three. You know, I've, I've, I've got about a four-day supply of ice cream. <laughs> Life is good, uh, you know. It's really easy in your plenty to forget that you need God. But if God blesses you with not plenty, <laughs> then you are close, close, because you're close to your need, you're close to the provider who meets your needs. And, and that word daily is really a good word. I don't like it. I don't like daily because I want to see how I'm physically... I, I want to see, right? I want to see my provision. I want to, to know it's there. It's so much easier to trust a stocked pantry and a full freezer than it is... God's provision, because I can see the pantry. I can open the doors and say, aha, <laughs> you know. I can go downstairs and look in the, the room in the basement and say, okay, we're covered for a while here. You know, I can open the freezer and say, yep, yeah, we're good. I can see that. I like that way better than I like saying, well, God will provide. And I, you, if you want to fire me from being a bad pastor, because I like that, you understand I'm bad pastor, but I'm honest. <laughs> Daily is good for me because it teaches me to trust in God. See, I, I, you know what I like? I like my treasures that moth and rust can destroy, <laughs> and that thieves and, 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 and uh, what's the other one? Thieves and whatever can uh, thieves break in and steal. But I like them because I can see them. Now, moth and rust can destroy them. Thieves can take them, but, but I like them in the meantime. Daily is really good for us. But when we talk about daily bread, it can mean a whole lot more than, than bread. Uh, because bread is a highly symbolic word. And it has to be symbolic of more here because there is nothing else about asking to, for God to meet our needs in the physical world. Uh, Aside from thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, these are are spiritual needs. I mean, there's there's spiritual in the sense of when we get to forgiveness and lead us not into temptation. Uh, They they interact with the real world or the physical world, but but they're spiritually oriented. And, And this is all the physical side there is. And we have a lot of other physical needs like daily water, right? Our clothing, our shelter, those are legitimate needs. And so we look at what's lacking from this prayer. There are no requirements Requests for health. There are. are, There is no intercession, right? There is no praying for others around us whom we love, right? Not. No. Dear God, bless mom. God bless dad. God bless grandma, grandpa, and Spot. You know, Uh, it's it's, that's not there, And, and yet that is legitimate and valuable prayer. Uh, it is part of what we should be praying. I think daily bread incorporates all those things, all the physical needs uh, that are there. Uh, aside from this one line, the prayer is spiritually oriented. This is the one about physical needs, so I think daily bread represents any need we might have. Can I support that from Scripture? Well, sure. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Right? He didn't say, I'm going to give you the bare sustenance you need to get by. Right? Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He is saying, I am here to meet your needs, uh, the needs of of life, not just of this life, but of all life. Jesus said, this bread is my body. Right? It represented so much more than a little piece of bread. Uh, Bread is like that. Bread is symbolic of all of life. So when he says, give give us this day our daily bread, I think he's saying, give us the things we need for life. I think it is a symbolic word there as well. Uh, Because otherwise, there's so many things not being included in this prayer and this is the model prayer so I I think he didn't I think the reason he didn't say more about this is because this is the part of prayer we don't need coaching on <laughs> right? this is the part we're going to do anyway this is the part that we go to and skip all the rest and go straight to our list of the things we need physically and and, and on this earth and we skip right by the spiritual side of things but he included it because it is important uh, if we're going to go to God to get what we want and there's an implication in this. There's an implication that God will provide. Okay? Uh these things are our needs that God provides for. I want to flip one page to the right in my Bible from Matthew 6:11 to Matthew 6:31 to 34. Do not worry then. By the way, we'll get here because this is part of the Lord's or the the sermon on the mount. <laughs> Uh, but, but when we do, who knows how long that will be from now. Uh, do not worry then, saying, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. You will be given those things that you most need. Right? Turn back to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 25. Uh, This psalm, sometimes I, I wonder exactly what he's saying. This is a psalm of David. By the way, David really stepped over a line on this one. Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. Your version might say, or his children begging for bread." Uh, I, I looked up the word, and it actually means his, like his offspring. His, it means his descendants, but it doesn't sound as good. I like children better. But uh, I have been, by the way, where he stepped over the line is how old David was when he wrote this. Because <laughs> I don't know how old David was when he wrote this, but it was before he was 70 because he died when he was 70. And I don't want some 70-year-old saying, "Well, now I was young, but now I'm old." <laughs> you know, I say that in front—that kind of thing in front of the kids at school. And to them, you know, I'm dust—you know, walking dust, walking around in clothing. You know? <laughs> but but uh, I'm not ready to. I'm, so David stepped over a line. I have been young, and now I'm not quite so young. <laughs> But his statement is, in my lifetime, right? That's what he's saying. In my lifetime, here's what I have not seen. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. And David is able to testify that in his lifetime he has not seen it. Now, I don't know that, that that's a promise, that it will never happen. I, you know, when I, when I think of that, because I, I, I'm a skeptic about a lot of things, and my mind goes to, to starving children in Africa, Right? and uh, what's going on there, and the, the reality is I don't know enough about their situation to say uh, we are seeing the children of those who are not righteous needing bread, I, I, I don't want to make that kind of a judgment I, I want to say this is not a promise, but it's an observation uh, and, uh, but I have to admit, if I, if I don't go to TV and, and scenes of parts of the world that are foreign to me I haven't seen it either you know what I see the, the, the descendants of the righteous doing? Living good, godly, profitable lives. I, 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 want, I want to throw out the word prosperous, except if we, when you throw out prosperous, people get confused and think financially. And, and I'm not ta- talking financially. I'm talking good lives, but they're not, they're not out there starving, hungering, begging, needing to steal, to provide for themselves. They're li- I'm, my, my observation, based on my personal life, agrees with what David said. And, and, and he says, I have not seen the righteous begging for bread. And there's an implication here. Uh, I think one of the things in this prayer Jesus is teaching us is, is to ask for things that God is already inclined. God is already inclined to answer the prayers for your real needs. Because God is God wants to meet your needs. He's your heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. Uh, you know, we 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 do this. And and with that comes confidence in prayer. We we don't wring our hands and ask fearfully, dear God, please give me my daily bread. It's, Dear God, I'm out of bread. Would you please provide some? And, and if you're not familiar with the name George Mueller, uh, get busy and do just at least a little bit of research. Okay, it's not hard. Type in George Mueller, spell it wrong, Google will correct you, right? <laughs> uh, or whatever search engine you, you go to. And George Mueller is famous for his life of prayer. Uh, he He's famous for his life of prayer, which is really interesting because he should be famous for his life of ministry. In England, this German born man uh, established uh, a series of orphanages for, for these street kids. He helped to give them education. Uh, but George Mueller was famous for not asking for funding. And he, he had a. Uh, one, the, the, most, the most famous story of George Mueller that I know of is where they came to him and said, We don't have food for breakfast. But it was breakfast time. So he said, sit the kids down, get them ready. They got down, they said grace. Thanking God for his provision for the food they did not have. And as they did this, there was a knock on the door. And the bakery truck had broken down, <laughs> or the bakery lorry, whatever it was, I don't know. It was in the 1800s, so, so, uh, but it had broken down. And then there was something from the dairy that came in, and all these people suddenly had this food that they had to get rid of before there was a problem, Right? And the food that he had prayed for was provided. Because he prayed with confidence. Because this man, by experience, had proven that God would provide the daily bread. right? He was a man of faith, and he prayed with confidence. And he's, he had a quote. I, I, I didn't find the exact quote, but it went something to this effect. You know, because people said, well, you know, most people go and they, they get businesses, they get sponsors, they do all these things. He says, why would I go to my neighbors to ask for help when I have a father who has everything I need? I'm going, wow. Oh, God, I want that faith. <laughs> I want that faith. I want that confidence that I can trust in my Father who actually knows what I need and wants. Instead, I go out and knock on the neighbor's door. Excuse me, do you have some bread I can borrow? And you go, wow. But could you put me on a list and every day, you know, it's like, no, no, God is the provider, and, and I, I, I like this guy. If what we're asking for is actually a need, we can ask with confidence. Knowing God wants to meet our needs, and, and then the one more thing is, it's okay to ask things for ourselves. Yeah, but one of the things that jumps out at the Lord's prayer, as the, in the Lord's prayer, and this, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to curse you with knowledge that you don't want to have. This prayer is a selfish prayer. Dear Lord, give my neighbors this day their daily bread. <laughs> it's not there. There's no intercession. There's no praying for someone else. It's all about me. Lead me not into temptation. Forgive me. And, and we had the forgiveness where you have to forgive someone else. And, and that's one of the parts we bow, bogged down on. But, but it's all about me. It's a very selfish prayer. <laughs> Which doesn't mean it's wrong. But it's okay to ask. You know, and here's the reality. I, if, if we were to get stories, and, and in, if this was Sunday school class, they'd say, who wants to share a story? Right? Uh, and, and the story I'd be asking for is a story of God's providing for you something more than just your needs. Right. And and hands would start coming up and people would start sharing because we have those stories where God blessed us with something often unexpectedly, often out of the blue, often at that moment of need where we thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? And here it is. We have those stories because he does it. It's not wrong or bad to have more than just what you need. That is not the point of this psalm. Even though we have that whole daily bread and the minimum what I need to survive thing going on there, it is not wrong to ask for more than what we need. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. In the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to a church that was graciously supporting him before any other churches started supporting him. Nobody taught them to do this. They figured it out on their own. And he's writing this from prison where he has just received a gift from them. And this is his thank you note to them. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little... And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, of both having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And when he says all things, he's not saying I can fly like Superman. He's saying I can deal with whatever situation God puts me in. If it's, if it's abundance, I can deal with abundance. If it's, if it's poverty, I can deal with poverty. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. He knew how to live humbly, and he knew how to live in abundance. And and part of knowing how to live in abundance meant he knew how to let abundance go. And I go, but God, I don't like that thought. Am I the only one that ever fears God's going to visit me the way he visited Job? right is, is that cross anybody else's mind <laughs> because it I, I go dear Lord if that happens please let me come out well but please don't let it happen <laughs> please don't you know it's like I cuz I don't you know and it, it's like if God takes away my abundance that way at least it's like it's like ripping the band-aid off you know it's done <laughs> it's, it's not like something happens slowly over time and and I see myself crumbling he knew how to do both those. Job 1.21 is the song that we or the, the, the line that we have put into song. He gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. Right? Uh, and it's a song that comes from something he wrote because God had taken away. Not because God gave, but because God had taken away. Job 121, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and, and uh, you know, every time we sing, uh, I will bless you. When, when everything's gone, I will bless you. I'm going, oh Lord, please let it be true. Let it be true. Let me bless you, even if you take everything away. Because I don't know, I haven't put it to the test. And aside from God intervening, I don't plan to. <laughs> but I don't know God's plans. I don't know that I know how to both abound and deal in need. You know, and I, I will say, you know, once upon a time, my need was much more severe than it is now, or, or my close to desperation. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was a time in my life where we almost lost the house. There was a time where we were two mortgage payments behind, and, and there was no way, financially speaking, we were going to be able to remedy the situation. I, I, I mean, we were, we, were, we were that poor. Uh, and so I know, I know how to be in need. And, and, and over time, we didn't lose the house. God did one of those miracles, right? Uh, and, 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 we, we came, and we're not in that situation now. Joan and I were driving and we're talking about it's so weird. We're on top of all our bills and we have money left in the bank. We don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> so but that's been, you know, life on an uphill climb and we're at, you know, this part of life. <laughs> and it's it's a different part of life. And I I'm learning how to I don't know that I'm learning how to have abundance. Part of Paul's knowing how to have abundance was he was able to let it go and still bless the Lord and still follow God and serve Him and not flag in His responsibilities. Uh, I think until we know that we know how to do with little, we don't know that we know how to do with abundance. Uh, We we may think we do. We may say you have to be willing to, but the only way willingness is ever proven is by action. Otherwise, willingness might be just a, a facade. We need to have a heart. I want to come back to my notes. After Job's trial, God restored him to greater wealth than what he'd had before. And I'm not saying that God will make you rich. I am saying being poor so that you only have your daily bread is not necessarily God's goal. God does not desire us to walk around in a famished, desperate, needy state. That's not his desire. God wants to bless us with more than that. But don't get blinded by what you have right? We need a heart that can let go of things. But it's not wrong to have things, and it's not wrong to ask for things. Here, here is, I, I don't have a verse, for this, I have a theory, right? We see something, you see something you want, you say, I'm going to have to make more money to get that, so you work to make more money to get it, right? Is that immoral? That's not immoral. That's, that's moral. That's a good thing. If it is okay to work for something, is it not okay to pray for something? Unless it's something you're sure God wouldn't have, so you don't pray for it because you know God wouldn't bless it, so you're going to work for it instead. Okay, Then you're in trouble anyway. (laughs) right? You've got something wrong going on there. But you should be willing to pray for anything you want. Uh, You might not pray for it with the same level of confidence and expectation that you do with the needs. Uh, But I think if there's something you would be willing to work for, it's something you should be willing to pray for. And by the way, if there's something you're willing to pray for, it should be something you're willing to work for. If you have the opportunity, I tell the kids, I tell you, I'm a capitalist. Capitalism is a win-win. I I do a a service, you you pay me. You're happy to get the service. I'm happy to get the money. It's the way it's supposed to work, I think. But God's up there going, Steve. (laughs) You know, uh, if it's something you care enough to work for, pray for it. If something you care enough to pray for, work for it. Uh, It's just the way it should work. But don't be blinded by this, thinking uh, only of what you want. He's talking about needs here. Now, now we have wants, and what I'm saying is it's okay to ask for what you want, but don't get blinded into thinking only of what you want. At that point, you've crossed into that prosperity gospel. And, and at heart, at the simplest level, what's wrong with the prosperity gospel is it's all about me and not about God. God is, God is my vending machine, and I've found the coins, and it's the proper phrase or claiming or something, and it's, and it's wrong. Don't get blinded thinking only of what you want. Uh, that's why we pray the first two verses of this prayer before we get to the to the give us this day our daily bread. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. By me, right. Uh, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and in my life. And once we've got god in perspective and ourselves in position before him then we ask for our needs because our heart is right and our mind is right and when we ask for the things we need they're appropriate they should be appropriate at that that time we've committed ourselves to doing his will and our prayers for stuff should be appropriate god knows our needs he provides many of our wants our god is able to do abundantly more than we we imagine But he is never a heavenly vending machine. Uh, Pray to God, rely on him for your needs. And that's what Jesus is telling us to do. So pray and do that. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I, I know in a room like this, there's a lot of practical needs out there. At least what we call needs. And Father, I ask for you to bring blessings on each one of us and provision according to those needs. That we can say, yes, God does care about me and he does answer our needs. But Lord, our greatest need is to have a heart that's right with you. Let us have that as well. We pray in Jesus' name.